Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. God's grace, His mercy, and His peace are yours in abundance. Through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Back in 2019, firefighters responded to an emergency call about a house fire. And as they arrived on the scene, these firefighters knew that it was their duty to check each and every room and make sure that everyone that was in the house is out of the house safe. And so as these firefighters went through the house room by room, they finally came to their last room, and it was a bedroom. And at first glance, it seemed as if no one needed saving. The room seemed clear, but they knew it was their job and their duty to double-check and triple-check to make sure that no one was in there. And thank goodness they did, because there were four children hiding in this room. They were scared. They were scared of the smoke and of the flames, and so they hid under the beds and in the closet. So the firefighters went in, they pulled them out to safety, and they were saved. We often regard firefighters as heroes, and rightfully so. They put their lives on the line in order to save others in danger. And yet, often if you were to ask a firefighter or someone else who does a heroic task why they did what they did, often their response will be something like, I was only doing my duty, I was only doing my job. Someone needed saving, and so I went in and I saved them. I was only doing my duty. That's what Jesus' words for us this morning tell us that we as Christians should serve and do our job in the same way. Firefighters weren't looking for special fame or glory or special recognition when they went into that house to save those children. And we as Christians, when we do our jobs, we don't look for special recognition, special glory or honor to be considered better Christians. We simply do our job because that is what our Master Jesus has called us to do. And this morning in our reading, we see that we have three jobs, three tasks, three duties that Christians are to perform. We're supposed to watch out for ourselves, to make sure that we don't fall into temptation and stumble into sin, but not only for ourselves, but because when we do stumble into sin, often that has an impact on those around us as well. Our second task is to confront our brothers or our sisters, our fellow believers, and those around us when they are stuck in sin, to pull them to safety, to tell them to get out of the trap that they are in, in a loving way, not to, to demean them or to make belittle them, but to build them up and to help them. And the third task that the Lord outlines this morning is to forgive unconditionally. When someone sins and comes to you and repents and turns from their ways, you forgive them. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Forgive unconditionally. Those are the tasks that the Lord outlines for us to perform in our day-to-day lives. And so let's look at each of these individually. The first, he says, 
Things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. Jesus outlines it all out there for us to understand. He tells it as it is. Sin is in the world. Temptation is in the world. And so we need to watch ourselves. Watch ourselves so that we do not trip and fall into temptation, trip and fall and endanger not only our life but our spiritual life, but also the spiritual lives of those around us because often sin doesn't only impact us, but it impacts those around us. Imagine there is a non-believer who is a close friend who is a Christian. And this non-believer sees that his Christian friend is getting drunk night after night after night. The situation is going to convey one of two messages to this non-believer. Either God doesn't care about the sin of drunkenness, and that it's okay to get drunk as often as as much as you want. And that way, the unbeliever thinks it's okay to, to fall into this sin. Or the other message that it's going to convey is, well, this Christian, like so many others, is just a hypocrite, and I'm not going to want to do anything with a a religion or with Christianity where a God has followers who are so hypocritical. And so in that way, it pushes that non-believer away from God further and further. And that's not what God wants. God wants us to watch ourselves so that we don't cause someone to stumble into the same sin or push God away further. So we watch ourselves. The second way that God has called us to serve and to do our duty is to care for each other. When a fellow believer or someone else is stuck in sin, we don't ignore it. We don't push it off until the so- unto the side. We don't say it's someone else's job to confront that sin. But we go to them lovingly, not in a way that's going to be hurtful or harmful. But we go to them to build them up to bring them to repentance and to lead them to forgiveness. Imagine if those firefighters who went and saved those four children went to the house, saw the house on fire, and said, well, that's that's somebody else's job. Somebody else will take care of it. Or better yet, those children who are in there, they know that situation is dangerous. They can get themselves out. They can run out. They'll be fine. No, the firefighter drops everything rushes to the house, puts on his gear, runs into the house, grabs the children, pulls them out because he knows that there are people in danger. And so it is with Christians. When we see someone stuck in a sin, we don't assume that someone else is going to do it. We don't assume that that person is going to be able to get out of that fiery trap of sin that they're stuck in. We confront them, we talk to them lovingly, point out their sin to lead them to repentance and to forgiveness. Which is the third way in which we serve. We serve by when a, someone sins and they repent and ask for forgiveness, we give it to them unconditionally without any ifs, ands, or buts. We, we pronounce God's forgiveness to them free of charge. Even if it's personally against you, seven times in a day, Jesus says, You forgive them. And isn't that exactly the opposite of what our world around us tells us to do? We don't live in a forgive and forget culture. No, we live in a world that has claimed the term cancel culture, where we're going to hold on to somebody's sin, we're going to make it public, make it known. No one's ever going to forget it. No apology is ever going to make things right. 
No, this sin that you have committed is going to haunt you until the day that you die. No one will ever forget it. What an ugly, ugly culture that our world has. And yet, cancel culture is not only in the outside world, in the outside culture, but it's also in our hearts, isn't it? Because no matter how hard you want to say that's only out there, that's only the world's culture, it's in us as well. Are you as quick to forgive the seventh time when someone sins against you a seventh time in the same day? Is it as easy to forgive that time as it was the first time? Is it easy to to let go and to say, I'm not going to to try to get any revenge? I'm not trying to, to hurt them back? No longer is it eye for an eye, but forgiveness is letting go of all the hurt and the harm that you you feel towards that person, the animosity, forgiveness is letting go. Sometimes that's hard. And if you're anything like me or the disciples this morning, when Jesus outlines these three ways in which we are to serve, it seems like a tall task. And so maybe your words in your mind are the same as the disciples. Lord, increase our faith. How can we do this? How can we serve by watching ourselves and watching out for each other and forgiving unconditionally? How can we do it? Increase our faith. And yet, Jesus' response to these words aren't quite what we would expect. He says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it will obey you. Well, that's, that's great, Lord, but I asked for an increase of faith. I, what's this about a mulberry tree being planted into the sea? It's not what we would have expected to hear from our Savior. Jesus' words to his disciples are exactly what they needed to hear, and it's what we need to hear as well. Jesus' words here, these, this odd parable, is a sharp correction in the disciples' misunderstanding of what faith really is. The disciples were thinking, well, the greater our faith, the more faith we have, the easier it's going to be to serve, the easier it is to forgive, the easier it is to watch out for each other. And that's not the right attitude at all. See, no matter how great or small your faith is, it doesn't make you a better Christian. It doesn't make it easier to forgive. Jesus is saying that the power of faith does not rest in yourself. It does not rest in the size of your faith. No, faith is only as strong as the object in which it is placed. If you have faith that your football team or your favorite sports team is going to win, does the size of your faith have any impact on whether or not that team is going to win? No, the, the power rests in the team itself to perform, to play well, to do well, and to win the game. Your faith has nothing to do with that. And a Christian's faith, no matter how big or how small, does not have impact on whether or not God can perform mighty deeds. The size of your faith does not depend or does not determine whether or not Christ forgives you all of your sins. The size of your faith doesn't matter. It's the object of your faith. It's the object of your faith that gives power. And what is the object of our faith? Well, it's God. God, and, and he's not a cancel culture God. 
He's not a, a cancel culture God who's going to hold your sins against you forever. In fact, we hear from the prophet Micah, he says, Who is a God like you, who pardons and forgives sin? Lord, you do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will have compassion on us. You will hurl all our sins into the depths of the sea. Did you catch it? The Lord does not throw us into the sea with a millstone tied around our neck because of our sins. No, he takes those sins that burden us and weigh us down and he throws them into the sea. He forgives you all of your sin because of Christ, the one who came not only not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for you and for me. That is the object of our faith. That is where our strength comes, to do these duties that the Lord has called us to do the strength to watch out for ourselves and watch out for our neighbor and to forgive unconditionally. Our strength comes from him. And we do this not to earn special recognition or glory or fame or honor as we were saying before, but we do it out of love for him because that is what he has called us to do. At the end of the the verses this morning, at the end of the, the reading, Jesus says some more odd words about a servant who is doing their duty and and does the master say this or that. But think of it this way. If you go out to dinner on a Friday night, do you show up to the restaurant and as the server comes to you, would you say to them, why don't you take your time, go and eat your dinner first, and then when you're ready, you can come and serve us and and that's the way things will go. No, that's not the way our world works. A server's job is to serve, and he's to do it right there, right then, not to gain any special recognition or reward or privilege or honor, but simply because that is what his job entails. And a Christian's job is to serve as well. But we do it because Christ loves us, has forgiven us all of our sins, and has thrown them into the depths of the ocean. That is the power of that provide, that's the power that provides us the strength to serve. We, we watch out for one another. We watch out for ourselves. We forgive unconditionally because that is what Christ has done for us. We forgive and let go of any desire to try to get back or to harm someone else. We forgive and let go and we let the Lord do his work through us. And yes, there are times where we don't serve quite as well as we should, where we stumble and where we fall. But it is in those times where we go to the Lord and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, and we have confidence that the Lord forgives. Confidence that the Lord takes away all of our sins and throws them into the ocean with a millstone tied around its neck. Those firefighters that night as they showed up to the house. They didn't have any idea what was going to happen that night. They weren't trying to serve for special glory or honor to be called this great and mighty firefighter. No, they were simply showing up to do their duty. It was only after the job had been completed, after those children had been saved, that the news cameras and the headlines started to be made. It was after the job had been done that those firefighters received glory. 
And so it is with you and me. We don't serve for that glory now here on earth. But the Lord promises that when our life life here on earth is complete and when our job has been completed, he will come. He will come to take us to be with him forever where we will receive that glory, a new glorified body. We have the promise of Christ where he will come to us, look us in the eyes and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have done your duty. Come enjoy paradise with me forever. So let's serve. Let's serve one another, both here in this congregation and out in the world as well. Let's proclaim that message of Christ's forgiveness to those who have heard it once or maybe never. Let's serve. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.